Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And all of you on Thanksgiving Eve, and then after today, we'll be off, as many of you will be, for the rest of the week. And uh, we will return on Monday when uh, Todd will now permit us to acknowledge Christmas, which has already been going on in my house for like the last two weeks. But, uh, you know... Um, Mercy triumphs over judgment here, so we give Todd grace and allow the uh, the set to be Christmasized under his timetable. Just because he, it's well known that uh, that he demands a certain order and it's church's timetable, it, it, indeed. And so we do this in acknowledgement of uh, of Todd. So when we return Nothing on says Monday, high maintenance, quite like Todd. Indeed. So when we return on Monday, the set will be Christmasized with Todd's seal of approval. But my yard's been Christmasized for much of the month of November already. All right. So we're going to get to as much today on the way out the door as we possibly can. Uh, we're going to play buy, sell, or hold. And that means you'll take over the show at uh, the bottom uh, or no, at uh, the top of next hour. The bottom of this hour, um, we're going to bring Bob Vanderplatz back. Because he made national news last night with his endorsement of Ron DeSantis for president of the United States. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that endorsement and the reaction that that endorsement has received. Uh, And we'll get into that with him at the bottom of this hour. Um, And then uh, next hour, I mentioned buy, sell, or hold. And then we have a surprise for you at the end of the hour. We're going to send you off into the Thanksgiving holiday the right Way So you don't want to miss out on that coming up at the end of the show. No Daniel Horowitz this week. Even the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation is celebrating Thanksgiving. He is traveling to go see family today. So he is taking part in that. And uh, we will send you off on our in our own way uh, to the Thanksgiving holiday properly. Maybe it's for the best. Right. We don't want to. It's this is the most uniquely American holiday other than Independence Day. And maybe it's not good to send you all off as a parting shot with woe and lamentation. Fair? Maybe maybe what we're going to do instead is a better idea, come to think of it. As much as we love Daniel Horowitz, but, you know, there's enough woe and lamentation out there. Maybe the last time we talked before an extended holiday break, it ought to be a little bit more less woe and lamentation. Thoughts? Yeah. I'll allow it. You'll allow it? I'll allow it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm hungry. In between between shots of vinegar, of course. All right, let's get to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. Endorsements. It's now official Bob Vanderplatz of the Family Leader in Iowa is endorsing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for President of the United States. Some people are saying that's not a surprise, uh, but why are you doing that? What's the reason for that? Well, the reason it's not a surprise is that we need to find somebody who can win in 2024. And what we saw in 2022, the supposedly red wave really only happened in Florida and in Iowa. Uh, Governor DeSantis took a reliable toss-up state in Florida and made it complete red, won by 20 points, won in demographics that we haven't won in. But he's also done that by being a bold and courageous leader. So right away, it was kind of his endorsement to lose. But as you know, Brett, in Iowa, uh, they go to church with us. They're in our homes. They come to our offices, the leadership summit. But at last Friday's Thanksgiving Family Forum, he closed the sale with me. He was very clear about, we need a president who can serve two terms, not one term. We don't need a president that's gonna be a lame duck on day one. 
you need a president that's going to surround themselves with the best and brightest people versus having a hard time attracting them again. And someone is actually going to do what they say they're going to do. And I just think he's got the spine to do it. And I think he's got the experience to win for us. No one has won the last three Iowa caucuses without the endorsement of Vander Plaats. And now this, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, who has also endorsed DeSantis, won her re-election in 2022, outperforming Donald Trump's 2020 performance on a county-by-county -county basis on an average of more than 11 points. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is hiding out in Mar-a-Lago, just lying about Kim Reynolds. Kim Reynolds of Iowa has gone from a popular governor to the most unpopular governor in the entire United States of America. Not an easy feat. Her endorsement of Ron DeSanctimonious, who is 50 points down to me in the polls, has given him exactly zero bounce. He's a wounded bird falling violently from the sky. I wonder what position Kim was promised in order to back someone who is so far down in the polls. In New Hampshire, Governor Chris Sununu, who is a very popular governor there, had these glowing words for DeSantis's campaign during a campaign stop. I think Ron is, is making a huge surge here in New Hampshire. He's putting the, the, the foot leather down, if you will. He's doing town halls like this. He's going to the diners. He's sitting in living rooms. He's doing the work that has to be done, not just because, but more importantly, because he wants the, our citizens to have an opportunity to get to know who he is. And that's what good campaigning is all about. So I think he's done a tremendous job. There's a long way to go here in this race. Everything is going to move. We're going to see Ron here a lot more, uh, I think, in the next couple months. In other news, Israel's cabinet has approved a breakthrough deal that would release at least 50 hostages, all women and children, from Gaza. That's according to an Israeli government statement in what is expected to result in the first sustained pause in fighting in a major de-escalatory step since Israel Israel's war with Hamas began. The freeing of the hostages will come in exchange for a four-day truce in Israel's air and ground campaign in Gaza. And finally, the Babylon Bee explains Thanksgiving. Here's everything you need to know about Thanksgiving. The origin of Thanksgiving can be traced back to the first opinion offered by an uncle over a family dinner. Not much is known about what the opinion was, but it made the nephew very mad. The uncle and nephew screamed at each other while the other family members stared sadly at their mashed potatoes. That day, Thanksgiving was born. Every year, the sitting president of the United States pardons a turkey on Thanksgiving, but not many know what crime each turkey was pardoned for. The first turkey pardoned by John F. Kennedy was a Russian spy. That, of course, was the Babylon Bee. You can watch that entire hilarious video on all of their social channels. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They have been a leader in America's parallel economy for the last decade, building it uh, via an industry that we all pretty much need to take uh, advantage of in this day and age in modern society, and that is our mobile phones. They are America's only American mobile phone network. If you are tired of giving your money directly to people who hate you, you don't have to do it anymore. I mean, for our family, we were with T-Mobile for about 20 years. And the final straw was during COVID when they let us know that they're going to start censoring text messages with what they deem to be COVID misinformation. And I literally like five minutes after I got that, I finally called uh, Vincent over at Patriot Mobile and said, OK, 
We've been talking about you guys for the last couple of years uh, to our audience. We're going to put you to the test now in the Dace family as well. And they've done a phenomenal job for us for the last two years ever since we have. I can't rave about them enough. If you go to make the switch today, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know that. And they will make sure uh, to have uh, extra ways to say thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with my first name, Steve, as your your offer code. Offer code Steve at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Let's get to Aaron's montage. And the the thing that, that sticks out to me about the clip of Trump going after Kim Reynolds is not so much that it's just patently, categorically, explicitly a lie. Correct. But here's the reality. If, if you're going to support on any level Donald Trump or you're going to vote for Donald Trump as I think all three of us did in this last election, correct? Yeah. So all three of us have, have had to make this moral calculus. You do so knowing he has no problem with lying and will do so on a regular basis if necessary. Okay. And you make the moral calculus that most of the time it's, it's lying to your enemies, you know, uh, like the Hebrew spies or Corey Ten Boom. Now, I'm not saying that the stakes here are that high, okay? But, um, you know, the commandment, again, just like the commandment is not against killing, it's against murder. The commandment isn't really against lying. It's against the bearing of false witness, right? I mean, when, when the Nazis show up at Corey Ten Boom's front door and say, hey, uh, where are you hiding the Jews? She's not supposed to say, well, you know, the commandment says not to lie, so uh, they're over there in the hiding place. I mean, the commandment is, is, the commandments are a statement of a hierarchy of values, not just static values, meaning that they're, they're, they were laid out in a very specific order for a reason, okay? And the, uh, and, and, and the first commandment is uh, God alone is God, and by acting as, 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 a, as a government, acting as if it is a total state, to, coin the, to borrow the phrase from our colleague, Oron McIntyre. Therefore, acting as a godlike deity, that government is in violation of that commandment, correct? Yes. And so once that government is in violation of that commandment, then all bets are off at that particular point in time. Not to mention what is ranked higher in the Ten Commandments. Do not murder or do not bear false witness. Do not murder. Do not murder is. And so that was their intent of wanting to gather that information was to commit the crime of murder, correct? Yes. And so therefore, you don't, uh, you don't enable someone breaking the commandment against murder in order to um, uh, uphold a, second, a, a, a commandment that from a moral standpoint would be secondary in priority. Fair? Yes. All right. That we, did we rightly divide the word there? For sure. Okay. So most of the time... If you're if you if at any point in time you find yourself aligned with Donald Trump, you just know he's going to lie. That that's just that I mean he's just he lies frequently. That's just part of who he is, his persona, his brand. Now you justify it if you if you justify it with some of the hermeneutic that we just walked through and engaged in over the last couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, meaning I don't, I don't really care how much he lies to Klaus Schwab. Do you care? I don't really care. I don't. Don't care how much he lies to Nancy Pelosi. I don't really care. I mean, these people are liars incarnate. What they represent is a lie. What they want to do to my way of life and to people made in the image of God is a lie. So, I, I, you know, 
not my fight. Fair? Yep. But every now and then, and this is getting increasingly so as he gets older, he gets unhinged and lies about and to us. And that is where we do have to care. We, we, we just simply cannot allow the gaslighting of our own people. That just simply cannot occur. We're, we're never going to be a show that's going to sit here and fact check at Donald Trump down to the last uh, article dangling participle in, in, in terms of what goes on with the other side in the midst of a civil war. That's just not what we're, we are not going to do that. Okay. I mean, um, I don't think that's biblical, actually. Jesus says to his disciples, or, or sorry, says to the Pharisees, yes, you tithe on every ounce of dill, a cumin and spice. You, you get the letter of the law, but you have forgotten the spirit of the law. So since you took those things, since you divorced those two things, you're out of context, and I rebuke you, basically, is what he says. What is, what is, what is more important? That Donald Trump appointed the justices that overturned Roe or that he says everything precisely accurate and correct to people who would would that, that want Roe and worse to happen to our children. See what I'm trying to yeah. say here? But what cannot happen, what cannot happen is the gaslighting of our own people. That can't happen. And that's when we get into cult territory is when that occurs. I've got pretty wide latitude on rules of engagement in a war, and I think we're in one. Donald Trump's not my preferred general in this war, but I recognize that he is a general in this war, correct? Yes. Yes. So, my number one rule of engagement is win. Number two rule of engagement is don't violate the laws of nature and nature's God. But those are not static as i just laid out there's a hierarchy of value there but what there is should be no tolerance for on any level at all we cannot lie and gaslight to our own people we cannot feed that venom into our own jet stream we can't do that so for example in in the old testament Jewish spies go into Canaan. A prostitute named Rahab recognizes who they are and the God they represent. She provides them cover. She lies flat to the face of the authorities of her kingdom. And in, in honor of what she did, because what she's doing is recognizing that God is God. That's what she's doing. That Jehovah is God. The God of the Israelites is the one true God. Because she recognized that and and put her own life at risk in recognizing it. She is later mentioned in the New Testament as being in the genealogy of Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there were some other spies, though, that went into Canaan as well. And when they came back, despite all the truths and evidences of the work of God that they had witnessed as a people... Miracle, supernatural acts of God that they had seen in their time with their own eyes. They had heard with their own ears. They read, they read the handwriting of God on stone tablets. They carried it with them inside the Ark of the Covenant. Like when they're walking around with this ark, they can hear these stone tablets, man, rattling around inside the ark. Like you can hear something in the back of your pickup truck cab that you've got stored back there. 
That's how that's how available and 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 how it's how how available that memory is. It's constantly with them wherever they go, right? And so despite all this evidence of who God is and what his character is and what he's doing for them, there were other spies that went into that kingdom and they come back and they gaslight the people. Oh, they're, they're, the armies are too big. The giants are too tall. Uh, the armies are too vicious and we can't possibly win. They, they come back and they gaslight their own people. Now, Rahab, who gaslights the enemy's people, she gets put, she gets put in the genealogy of Messiah. Right? Yes. Okay. What happened to the people who came back from Canaan and gaslighted God's people? What happened to them? It goes poorly. It went poorly for them. One more trip around the mountain. Well, 40 years of them, in fact. And you'll all die out here. You'll never get into the land that I promised you. We cannot tolerate. God doesn't tolerate the gaslighting of his own people. Judgment begins in the house of God. Much of, there's far more writing in the Bible about calling out error within God's covenant people than the error going on without. That doesn't say, that's not to say the error going on without is never confronted. But the ratio here, it's pretty obvious. You know, we had to tend to our own garden here first, right? Mm -hmm. We do not gaslight our own people. And what he tried doing with Kim Reynolds yesterday is an example of that. And it's intolerable and it shouldn't be tolerated. Unfortunately, Let's just be honest. There are too many people in this business who are financially leveraged into Donald Trump, either directly or indirectly. So they won't call it out. Doesn't mean they'll affirm it either. They'll keep real quiet. Quiet is kept. But this stuff needs to be confronted and needs to be told that cannot happen. You want to say Kim Reynolds endorsement is worthless? It might be. We don't know. We haven't had a governor endorse in a caucus here in like 30 years, so we don't know the answer. You want to you want to claim you'll win. You don't need her. You'll win without her. Those are all political takes that may or may not be true. Perfectly. You can agree and disagree and not like them. You may like think it's not fair. None, none of that violates any rules of engagement as far as I'm concerned. Fair. Right. But you cannot gaslight our own people. It is one thing to come back from Canaan and say, I got to tell you. Whew. I mean, my human eyes are like. There's more of these people than I thought. I mean, their armies are a little bit more vast than I thought. So I don't know how God's going to work this thing out. I'm going to trust him to work this thing out, but I don't think this, this process is going to be as simple as I thought. Hey, that there's room for doubt, reason, right? Okay, in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you come back and say, we're totally screwed, effed, and we have no shot. We're done here. Now you're gaslighting your own people. Do not gaslight our own people. That should be an automatic. That should be confronted really unconditionally, no matter who it is, me, anybody. The gaslighting of our own people, the speaking of obvious lies with the intent to turn them into truths is something that should not be permitted no matter who the vehicle is. Period. Period. We start injecting that venom into our own ecosystem. We're already going to have a hard enough time winning this thing called a culture war as it is. Because when we here's here's why, if we allow this level of deception in our own ranks, we rise to the point now that we don't trust each other. 
And the trust we have on it for each other is dependent on whether or not you were on the right side of the last gaslight. I mean, if, if the gaslight affirmed my narrative or if it didn't. And, and therefore, what is determining the integrity and direction of us as a movement? The heat of the latest gaslight. The, the gaslighting is exactly not the truth. We are never going to out-pagan them. We're never going to out-gaslight them. We are never going to out-lie them. We're never going to out-deceive them. We're just not. And that can't happen. We just can't permit it. If we're going to permit this level of gaslighting comprehensively on our side, then frankly, let's, we're, we're, we're just honestly done. We, we, we don't, we're never going to defeat the spirit of the age. This is its playbook. You'll never win God's game by the devil's rules. It will never happen. Now, you'll, be, you'll hear frequently on this show, God is not the nice guy that you're often sold in much of suburban pottery barn church America. We, we, that, we bring that up constantly, right? Amen. And I just gave some examples of that being true, right? But that's not the same as saying God has no standards at all other than winning for winning's sake. That's not true either. And we do not gaslight our own people. Second, holy crap, does he look old? Holy cow. When I saw that, and he sounds old. I mean, slurring words, talking slowly. Number one, he's been under a hell of a lot of stress the last couple of years with everything that's gone on. Number two, he's 80. This happens to people when they get old. Go watch clips of Joe Biden in 2016 and then go watch clips of Joe Biden in 2020. We did that. Remember the first go around with him. Mm -hmm. We played those clips side by side with like a totally different person. And what, what happens when you are in a high profile position in this age and you're, you're living an active, vigorous life and you're mentally and physically engaged is for a long time, you can, it, it can, it can appear that you slow the aging process down. Like I, I remember for like 20 years, like you can go back and watch like Joe Paterno Penn State games from like 1986 and then go watch like Joe Paterno Penn State games from like 2006 and it looks like it's the exact same guy standing on the sidelines. Like he didn't age like at all. He didn't age at all, right? And then all of a sudden now he hits a certain age, you know, like the life expectancy and then all the stress of the Sandusky situation and the end of his tenure at Penn State and it's like the 20 years that he didn't age at all it's like he aged all 20 of those years in like 20 minutes. That's kind of, we've already seen this with Biden. That's kind of what Trump looked like yesterday. I mean, go play audio of that clip that Aaron just played and put that up against the way Trump sounded in 2016 or even 2020, guys. It, no, no, no. And, but father time is undefeated. Again, you've heard me say this before. I've checked the death rate. It remains 100%. I mean, everybody dies. Everybody does. Except one, but he was God. The rest of us, well, he died too, actually. He just got to come back physically. The rest of us, we're dying and not coming back physically. We're done. So, uh, here's the big winner if we allow between the gaslighting and how much Trump is aging. 
I thought, I thought there were two big winners yesterday. One is obviously Ron DeSantis for getting the most coveted endorsement in Iowa. We'll talk more about that here in the next segment. But I thought the other winner was Bobby Kennedy. I mean, he's a boomer too, but he's about, what, 10, 15 years? Isn't he like 62, I think, 65? Maybe we can look that up, but I think he's in his early to mid-60s. I mean, dude's spurlunking. Okay, he's just a way more active physical character than either one of these two guys. And if you end up in a race where it is these two guys way past their prime, slurring words, forgetting world leaders' names, you're, you're really talking like this is a Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau movie. It's not a campaign. Okay? And... You get into a situation, man, where you start thinking to yourself, I don't know if he can get to 270, but in fact, I, I, I'm, I think it's damn near impossible given the partisan splits of the states. But you, I, I think you could start saying to yourself, if that's what we end up with next year, I, I mean, I think Bobby Kennedy's floor, provided he stays alive, that's not a guarantee. Provided he stays alive, I think his floor is like Perot's 19 in 1992. I think that's like the floor. I mean, I, I think he could get into like the upper 20s. Maybe in some places like hit 30 in the popular vote. And if nobody gets to 270, this thing ends up in the House of Representatives, something we haven't seen since, you know, the early 19th century. All right, I've said a lot. Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, I go back to what I said several weeks ago about uh, this moment coming up for Iowa and that graphic, which is a, what Aaron did there with uh, the ghost of Donald Trump hovering over the county by county. Yeah, uh, and if you couldn't see the map, if you're watching, listening on the podcast, Kim Reynolds outperformed Donald Trump in all 99 all, counties. All, all, not all of them. What's the Greek word for all? All. In all 99 counties in 2022, she outperformed him. Now, that that looks like that's... Uh, a kneecapping of Donald Trump, and it is from a certain point of view, and rightly so. But it this goes to what I said weeks ago about this moment in Iowa. It, your it we don't necessarily know all the motivations behind those numbers. Uh, a lot of those numbers could be very Trumpian themselves. Viewing Kim Reynolds at the time as uh, aligned with various things about uh, Donald Trump, and now which way does that go? This this is such an important for Iowans and the Iowa caucuses. It's time to ask yourself, Doctor Jones, what do you believe? I don't believe there's any way in good conscience that Iowans can anoint. Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis. I believe this will be such a self-indictment if in the face of what I just gutturally knew three weeks ago whenever I said what I said, but now looking at that, to, 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 to for whatever reason, choose Donald Trump in Iowa. Whatever happens after that is on everybody else, but choose Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis. Knowing what you know is, is it, you won't have to worry about anybody gaslighting you. 
you're the best at gaslighting yourself. This is me speaking on my own terms. And again, uh, as, as Steve rightly pointed out when I made this initial point, that does not mean that Donald Trump did no good things for you that you should be grateful for. But here in this moment, I, the worst indictment of all will be of you, yourself, and I if you make this decision of Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis in Iowa. This just proves it. I've had a hypothesis for a few months that to the Trump online army world, the influencer world, I've had this hypothesis for a few months, and I needed to let some things play out before testing that hypothesis. And again, this is very online. It's not real life, but online on Twitter. That's where narratives are formed. That's where they're set, and that's where they're maintained. So I wanted to test the hypothesis that the most important thing that Donald Trump's online army is setting and maintaining the narrative that Donald Trump is inevitable. So I sent out a tweet last night, very on purpose, just noting that he's you know, hiding in his basement in Mar-a-Lago, looks old and tired, noting that his influencers are lying at a, at a, at a pace hitherto unseen. That's true as well. And then I said, it seems like the tide has started to turn. I don't know if it has or not, but I wanted to test this hypothesis. And boy, howdy. I think that hypothesis is correct. Capped off this morning by a producer at One America News calling Steve a uh, genocidal communist and telling me that I would burn in hell forever because of what I said. Is that the channel that Trump could have saved and chose not to? Yeah, I think so. And you're still carrying that torch? He left him hanging out to dry, didn't save him at all? Man. Okay. I've been called everything officially now, genocidal communist. So we can add that to the list. That before CPAC. <laughs> One moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. You've heard me talking about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy, but choosing a VPN that you trust is equally as important. Uh, Do research, and you're going to find out that ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Lots of the cheap or free VPNs, they make their money by selling your data to advertisers. ExpressVPN does not. Uh, number two, ExpressVPN's Speed uses uh, Lightway, a new VPN protocol they engineered themselves to make user speeds faster than ever uh, and faster than and, and without the Z, without the buffering you get from some of the other, again, cheaper uh, VPNs that are out there. And the, and the last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart, how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills whatsoever. You can install on your devices in one click in just a few minutes. You can't miss, you can't possibly mess it up. It's even Steve proof. All right. And it's not just me pointing these things out. CNET, Business Insider, The Verge, many other tech journals have rated ExpressVPN, the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with a VPN that I use as well. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Steve today. Get an extra free three months uh, on a one-year package. 
they'll tack on an extra three months for free on your one-year package. So 15 months for the cost of 12. When you go to expressvpn.com slash Steve, that's expressvpn.com slash Steve. Well, it, I don't know if we've ever done this. It's been very rare that we have brought a guest back a second time during a week. But when they're arguably uh, the number one national trending uh, political story in the country right now, we'll make an exception. All right. Uh, and so Bob Vanderplatz is here. He told us on Monday, well, anytime between now and Thanksgiving, or I'm sorry, now Christmas. and Christmas, I could make my endorsement. He chose to make it the very next day. All right. So didn't give us the scoop on the show. Nevertheless, here he is. Uh, so we wanted to bring you back to talk about your choice uh, of endorsing Ron DeSantis for president and uh, why you chose to do that. Well, first of all, Steve, I think it's kind of funny. I've been looking at the, all the storylines and I'm thinking, guys, I've been here before. Uh 2008, Steve, remember that? Uh, Romney was supposed to crush Huckabee. Mm-hmm. Huckabee wins Iowa. In 2012, <clears throat> excuse me, Romney was supposed to crush Santorum. Santorum wins Iowa. And in 2016, Trump was supposed to crush Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz wins Iowa. So they're basically saying, throwing your endorsement away, why does it matter? Let's have the election just over now. Uh, there's a lot of game to be played. Uh, when I was here on Monday, it was 49 days. Now it's 47 days. Uh, I'm looking forward to teaming up with Governor Reynolds and many others in the state of Iowa to basically say, we need to elect a guy that has proven he can win. He took a toss-up state and made it completely red in what should have been the red wave of 2022 in Florida. He won in demographics that we should not have won in. And he did all that by being a a bold and courageous leader on COVID, on taking on Disney, on, on the economy, on everything that we wanted him to champion, he championed, signing a heartbeat bill for sanctity of human life. And I was leaning to Santa, admittedly, uh, but it was our Thanksgiving family forum where I thought he just gave clarity. He said, listen, he goes, if you elect Donald Trump, first of all, I don't believe Trump will, will, win, the nom- or will win the general election. And I totally believe that because we have consecutive losses to prove that 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023. But two is that he said, even if he does win the general election, He's lame duck on day one. This country needs a two-term president. And who's he going to get to surround himself with? This is a big job. You need a lot of people down the line from downstream from you. And all the people that work for him, Mark Meadows, Jenna Ellis, you just go right, Rudolph Giuliani. They have been forced and sued into financial distress or ruin. No one's going to touch him because he also has shown a propensity. I will not have your back. Once you get sued like this. So DeSantis will be able to bring a team with him. So I think we're really looking at the best interests of our country. This is not a vote against Donald Trump. It's a vote for the future of our country. And that's why I chose to endorse Ron DeSantis. So your endorsement is coveted because you're undefeated in Iowa caucuses so far. Um, How and why is that the case, do you think? Well, you know, I'm not so sure it's because of me that we're undefeated. I know Trump would say, take the credit, but that's not really the case. We had some candidates who surged at the right time in Huckabee, in Santorum, and in Cruz. We happened to go with principle over politics, meaning just because people told us this is the winner, we didn't say we're just going to go with the winner. Uh, We said, let's go with the people that are the most principled. And in those times, Huckabee is the most principled, Santorum was the most principled, and Cruz was the most principled. 
And I believe right now, uh, DeSantis is the most principled. So I think part of it is, Steve, it's not about me, because my, my endorsement's worth one vote. But I think it's the base that we have. And a lot of people who look to the family leader, although this is a personal endorsement, not a ministry endorsement, but they still look at me as being a leader of the family leader. They know that I've had a front row seat to all this stuff. If you have a front row seat, I think you it's a responsibility of mine to then share with those who are watching to say, this is what I saw and this is where I landed. But you bring, let's not be bashful here. You 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 bring other you bring other weaponry to the table than just a press release or a day's worth of press headlines. Well, we're going to go all in. I mean, when we're go, say, when we're going to go, I'm going to go all in. I, I do not want to be a name on a page, and you know that from my past endorsements. It's not about I want to be a name. Heck, when I endorsed Randy Feenstra to go against Steve King for Congress, I told Randy, I said, "But I'm going to go all in for you." And Randy upended Steve King. Now you can debate whether that was good or bad, but Randy upended Steve King. So my deal is that I plan on traveling uh, with the governor, uh, DeSantis, as well as Governor Reynolds, Casey DeSantis, wherever I can be helpful, I will be helpful. Because my thing is now we have 47 days to let Iowans know that you need to choose and choose well. And again, this is not a vote against Donald Trump. But if you want, if you're really concerned about the future of the country, which our base is, you need to go with the guy who can win and who will lead. I know you were asked about this on Fox last night, so I'd be remiss if I not, did not do the same. But, um, I mean, he, he, him and his people are out there alleging that uh, your endorsement was bought and paid for. Um, how can you, can you tell us how a campaign that they also told us was collapsing over and losing donors had the money to uh, buy and pay for you? Are you really just that cheap of a date after all? Well, it's interesting because this accusation happened in the summer after our leadership summit. As a matter of fact, uh, Reuters spent an enormous amount of time trying to come up with dirt and they could come up with nothing. So I really advise people read the Reuters article because it's a complete exoneration. So what happened? Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, they bought ads in our program at the Leadership Summit. They bought tables at our dinner after the Leadership Summit, all to get in front of a very influential base. And the IRS said, we can't give that to candidates because that's a corporate donation. That's illegal. That's against mm -hmm. the law. Mm -hmm. And Steve, if my endorsement was bought and paid for, uh, it was bought and paid for long before the Thanksgiving family form. Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley would not have shown up. They would have said, you know, DeSantis has got it already. But they knew that wasn't the case. Uh, they knew that we, we, we have a fair and level playing field. Um, interesting enough, Donald Trump, he knows that my endorsement never has been and never will be for sale. He knows that firsthand, so I'm not surprised that he would be the one making the accusation. Uh, does he know that firsthand because he's tried it? Of course he has. I mean, Donald Trump has made donations to the family leader before the 2016 cycle with no goods returned. I just thought he liked our mission. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they weren't as big of a donation as you might think, because he's Donald Trump. You know, but they were still ten thousand dollar at a time donations, and and then of course he always wanted Darla and I to be in New York and to stay at my place or whatever it was, and then he was exceptionally disappointed when I not, did not give him my endorsement. My endorsement's not for sale. If you want to support our ministry and mission, great. God bless you for doing that. That doesn't mean there's a quid pro quo there. It wasn't there for Trump. It wasn't there for DeSantis or for anybody else. 
We run everything in pure sunlight, above board, with all integrity. That's why Reuters could run a story, because we don't hide stuff like this. And that's why they couldn't fault us. And that's why Charity, Nav- the Charitable- Charity Navigator gives us a 100% rating. We do everything above board. And the reason why I'm endorsing Ron DeSantis isn't because of what he paid for. It's because of what he earned. Is it possible that Laura Loomer is better at going through your financials and finding skeletons in your closet than the freaking IRS? That she's better at this than the IRS is? Is that possible? First of all, I don't even know who she is. And so, and you're a better person yeah, for it. I, I don't know who she, she is. is. She is literally a nutter. Yeah. And so, but I'm just telling you, you can't always measure a person by who their friends are and who their enemies are. And I'm going to tell you what, when I take That's a look the at, problem with Trump. He's got great enemies. Yeah. And, his, and, and in terms of his friends, well, he's got great enemies. Well, when I size up myself <laughs> with the, who my friends are and who my enemies are, I feel like I'm doing really well. When I put my head in the pillow at night, I sleep like a baby. So then it's game on in Iowa. It is game on in Iowa. Where, where are things in Iowa? We've had, I mean, we haven't had a governor endorse in this state in almost 30 years. 1996 was the last time it happened. And I, I already pointed out when we had the register poll and at the end of October that we'd only had 16 polls of Iowa this cycle. By that time in 2016 cycle, we had 50. And if you want to say, yeah, that's a unique circumstance. Trump was a celebrity. We had the star-studded field of 20 candidates, senators, governors. So there was more interest. Okay, I, fair. So I went and looked at the 2012 cycle and found that there was actually 21 polls of Iowa done at the same juncture. And that was a field that not very many were really excited about at all, which is why we had the flavor of the month go on for a year, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So we've had very little polling of the state since the governor's endorsement. I don't, I don't even know how credible the polling is when we have the one pollster in the state, the Register Iowa poll that people tend to respect. Its last offering showed that DeSantis and Trump had the exact same amount of support of first and second choices, but then its top line report was that DeSantis was going to lose by 30 points, meaning essentially everybody who is undecided between Trump and DeSantis will all decide for Trump. They will all do that, which of course is just nonsensical. It's insane, you know? Um, So where is, where, where, where are things here right now on the ground? What have you heard in response to your endorsement? Well, I've heard a lot of positive, and obviously, you know that the the media's been running with it, Twitter's been running with it. Um, what, what, I was just uh, with our team the other day, and I was just kind of trying to whiteboard this out. Uh, if the Iowa poll's right, let's say it's right. Let's say Trump's at 43%. Now, you remember, he's the former president of the Republican Party, and in an Iowa caucus, you're at 43%. That's not a good day. You're well below 50%. I believe his high watermark in the Iowa caucuses is going to be 35 to 37%. I believe that's what he's going to get, which means 63 to 65% is up for grabs. So if you just start playing that out, DeSantis, if he gets 42, Nikki can get 18, and Vivek can get 6 to 8, and I think that's pretty close to what you're going to have. That's why I believe it's tailor-made for the former president to be upended here. I do not see how Nikki Haley grows her base. Because the second choice for Trump voters is DeSantis. The second choice for DeSantis voters is Trump. So if they start losing voters, they're not going to Nikki. So Nikki's kind of got her lane, and that's it. So I think what it is, uh, DeSantis has a lot of blue sky. Uh, 
Iowa's ground zero, and because of Iowa being ground zero, I think it's going to shape the race in regards to do you have a competitive primary uh, all the way to Madison? Is it Milwaukee? Where is it? The Wisconsin, anyhow? The Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Is the convention, yeah. Uh, or is it going to be just a Trump coordination? I believe Iowa's going to make a difference. I think uh, Governor Reynolds, along with a lot of others, including yourself, who, who have backed uh, Ron DeSantis, and there's a coalescing happening in Iowa. We've got about three and a half minutes. Do either one of you have a question you want to yeah. ask Bob about this before we go? If you think uh, Trump's people determine that the data that you lay out is actually the truth, what might happen? Do you think there's a lot of pressure from his people for Vivek to get out? No, not at all. I think they, I think they like Vivek, and I think they like Vivek. Well, that's seven points right there it, that you it, just it mentioned. Is, it is seven points. There's no doubt about it. I think, I don't, I'm not so sure Vivek voters go to Trump. Because I think what it is, Vivek still represents an alternative to Trump. Okay? Hmm. So anybody that gets out, they're probably going to go to some other alternative. So I don't think they're trying to get Vivek out of there. But the reason why I believe Trump and his team know that Iowa's up for grabs, they cut a video yesterday just completely trashing Governor Reynolds. You don't do that if you think you're going to win by 30 points, do you? There's absolutely no way you do because you're still going to need Iowa in the general election if you believe you're winning by 30 points. Uh, he's out there. He's he's in Iowa. He's trashing everybody. He's on TV. They know the state is in play. I have a question as well for you, Bob. You better. Do, do you know, or is there a kind of a composite of a 2016 Iowa caucus goer who either was motivated enough to get up on a cold winter's night and caucus for somebody else, or who wasn't motivated to caucus for anybody? but who is now motivated enough to get up on a cold winter's night and go caucus for Donald Trump. In other words, is there any growth from his previous base in 2016 that you know of? No, I, I don't believe that at all, Aaron. Matter of fact, I, I think the level of commitment and passion for the former president, uh, in the words of our former governor, Terry Branson, has greatly waned. And because I, I just don't see that level. I do think there's a level of enthusiasm of those who want to find an alternative to Trump. That's why I'm also hopeful for DeSantis uh, that he can bring those voters there. The other thing is, is that, you know, I think it was uh, 2016, we had 185,000 in the Iowa caucuses, which was a big increase. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing reports from Governor Reynolds and others that they, th they believe this is going to go north of 200,000. If that happens, that is advantage DeSantis, not advantage Trump. So what's your now that you are formally on Team DeSantis, what's your biggest concern? You know, I, the biggest concern is will people open up their eyes and take a look at clear reality? One is all the polls that show that Trump's winning the general election, those are the same polls that said we're going to win in 21, the same polls that said we're going to win in 22, the same polls that said 23. The exit polling shows... Uh, this conservative base is completely distrusted because of the person at the top, the face at the top. That's Donald Trump. Can you open the eyes to say, you know what, the best thing for this country and for this party and the best thing, quite frankly, for Donald Trump is to get a Ron DeSantis elected president. If that there's there has to be a new day after looking at Biden. And then you even take a look at Trump. Take a look at the video he cut yesterday against uh, Governor Reynolds. He doesn't even look like the same guy. He's eight years old. No, come, he's, eight he's, years he, older. He's aging a lot right now. And right now, I believe we need to choose and choose well. That's why I went all in for DeSantis. 
went and looked at the four swing state polls of the Senate races that determined the Senate majority in 22. Okay. All the forecasts showed that Republicans are going to win. Laxalt led in 15 of those last 20 polls. He lost. Walker led in seven of the last 10 polls. He lost. Uh, Oz led seven of the last eight polls. He lost. Uh, The RCP average said New Hampshire was a toss-up. Democrat won by nine points. There goes your red wave. Yeah, there's your... The red wave... There's your look at the polls. The red wave happened in two states, Florida and Iowa. The two governors that Trump is trashing. Hour two is next. here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace with totters and aaron mcintyre and of course you're here as well at least we hope there's enough of you here so that we can keep being here too let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox you can access that several different ways uh, try emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're a podcast listener, we'd love to have your five-star review if you like the show, of course. And thank you to all of you who have submitted those already. Hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. And that way uh, you'll be able uh, to get to every new episode we do. It'll show up in your feed every single time we do one. So thanks to all of you that have done those things for us as well. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Raycon. Uh, These are the absolute best noise isolating earbuds I've ever tried. They're absolutely terrific, and um, you can get some of the best deals uh, of the season well before Black Friday by shopping Raycon products right now. You can save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. So you've heard me talking about Raycon's products before, high quality, 32-hour battery life, the perfect in-ear fit, their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge your iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. They're just a fantastic company with fantastic products. These are now my primary earbuds. I have another set of wireless earbuds from a company everybody knows, and these are now my primary earbuds. There you go. Aaron coming off the top rope. Love it. All right. So uh, take advantage of your holiday shopping spirit a a bit early. Raycon is uh, currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off for Black Friday. So beat the crowds and save now. All right. Buy Raycon is where you want to go. R-A-Y-C-O-N. R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash Steve. That's buyraycon.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to it. Time for some buy, sell, or hold. This is where you and the audience determine the things that Todd and I will be considering uh, here for the next uh, 30 minutes. Well, 28 to be exact. We'll get through as many of these as we can. And then the ones that uh, we didn't have time to get to will be set aside to be gotten to in the overtime. And since Aaron doesn't prioritize these at all, that doesn't mean like the ones in the overtime are the scrubs. Uh, These are literally just in the order in which you thought they'd be worthy of being on the air. No further... Assembly I cannot was be done. bothered. 
Exactly. Not. So a lot of times the overtime it has uh, some of the best uh, submissions that we received. And you'll be able to watch that later today if you subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash dace, blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber. All right, Aaron, let us begin, Todd. If you use a hold, there's way too much silence. <laughs> He's bracing himself way over there. Way too much pregnant pause there. If you use your hold, sorry, hold. No, nope. see already. No, Gosh. I did not mean oh, to do that. Tapping God. out, tapping out. I did not mean to. Me do or that. you? Gosh. Me or you, America? <laughs> If you use your hold at all, okay, then you have punked out and you and Lindsey Graham together, all right, will have to place your hands into the nether regions of the turkey in order to manually place the stuffing. You guys are in there together. Just in a turkey? And just yep. our hands? Yep. Oh, that's way more benign than a lot of the ones lately. Really? Sure. Okay. There is a listener. He's been, he or she has been featured on this sh- segment before named Tiny Johnny, who submitted a list of LGBTQ musical sequels, and it was <laughs> so vile. I thought, even for this show, I cannot select this. Now, after that faux pas, I'm having second thoughts. Yeah, I, th- it was it was a complete faux pas. That was not intentional, and my bad. Yes. Okay. All right, we'll begin on a more sober note with Snarky Tea Smuggler. The PSYOP polls that show Trump continuing to rise no matter how bad he is and DeSantis following or falling while crushing every issue is more evidence that Trump is controlled opposition, or at minimum, polls are a gaslighting mechanism to discourage DeSantis supporters. So right after we went off the air in the last segment, Trump got 24% in the Iowa caucuses in 2016. The latest poll of Iowa shows him at 47%. Who is that 23% that are so engaged and so motivated that they're going to get up on a cold winter's night in January. Who is that 23 extra percent? I don't know who that is. I don't either. I, I don't think Donald Trump is controlled opposition. Um, I, I just don't. And, and I think the system is showing you that. But I do agree with the second part of your analysis. There is a, there is a clear psyop going on to convince people that, you know, Trump is inevitable. If, if you believe any of the national polls currently having Trump beating Biden will will at any point after he is officially the nominee next year, if that were to happen, that they will then have that exact same result, no matter who the Democratic nominee is, then you are really too dumb to live. I, I, and maybe should be considered uh, should consider yourself moving to a country like Iceland that believes in euthanization. Uh, it, that's a clear psyop. Um, there's there's a lot at stake here. Um, networks want the, want the, I mean, can you imagine the ratings for the trials of Trump? What are those ratings if he's not the GOP nominee? I mean, they're still pretty high, but they're largely a a sideshow at that point. The amount of vested interest, there's, there are too many people in this, in this industry who are leveraged to the hilt with Trump, uh, from a financial standpoint. Uh, the networks want it. They want the trials. They want the drama. They want the ratings. Uh, Trump wants it uh, for all those various things, but he's also fighting for his own survival here. 
um, on many on, on multiple fronts, and his his ability to to save his fortune and stay out of jail, all those things are greatly diminished in his mind uh, if if he's not the winner. So you put all those various agendas and egos together, and you get the psyop that you are currently seeing. Uh, but no, I do not believe he's controlled opposition. So does that mean since I, I I don't buy the first half, but the second, am I buying or am I selling? You're holding. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so I'll go with a I'll go with a buy. Because I, I, I wasn't I, clear about before. Yes. Let me be clear about this. Yeah, yeah, I buy the second half, so I guess I'm buying. Yeah. Yeah. What what Steve said that he's. If he was just making money hand over fist and was not in like insane levels in financial and legal jeopardy, we could entertain that. But but those things are actually true. So I'm with Steve. I mean, look at all these networks. I mean, the I the if if he's not the nominee and DeSantis is, then you're dealing with like adult sober conversations about issues. Not there's not a lot of ratings in that for them anyway, and. And then the the complete, they'd have to reset yes. being ridiculous all yes. over again, which would be, again, they will, but it will be so transparent that this really isn't just a Trump thing. You're going to get OJ trial coverage yeah. of Trump and uh, in J- being tried for January 6th next, next year. OJ style of coverage. The ratings for that increase dramatically if he is presumed to be a the uh, the the, ma- the nominee of a major political party and the the ratings for that are i can just tell you already right, that's the highest rated tv show of the year or at least the highest rated one other than the super bowl and if he's not you know then it's largely for political sickos or you know uh, crazy leftists who are trying to extract their last pound of flesh from donald trump on his way out the door and so those are nice ratings but we're not dealing with second coming kind of ratings here the, uh, there, there, there's a lot of careers at stake, a lot of bottom lines at stake um, with, with, with promoting Trump. And they're all in together on promoting the inevitability factor because that's the outcome that they all need, although their motivations vary. Exactly. Next, we will go to Tyler Motes. Jalen Milrow is the dark ho- horse for the Heisman uh, Trophy this year. Completely buy. I wholeheartedly buy. He's put up insane numbers. He goes out there and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, Then I I, I think at the very least, he's no lower than fourth. Then you start asking yourself what happens when Bo Nix and uh, if if they play again, it looks like they're going to, but that's not clinched right now. If Bo Nix and Michael Penix play again, you know, Jaden Daniels at LSU right now, man, he is putting up like Lamar Jackson, Andre Ware kind of numbers where it almost doesn't matter what the team's record is as a quarterback. Your numbers are that insane. Um, It looks like he's on pace to break Joe Burrow's record. Or no, that's Bo Nix going to break Joe Burrow's record for highest completion percentage. But uh, Jaden Daniels is is averaging like more total yards than like almost half the teams in college football. Okay, I mean it's just crazy what what he is doing. So um, I, right now, I think it's Jaden Daniels, and then the winner versus the winner of the Washington Oregon if that's a rematch. And and I'd have Marvin Harrison third. He's going to be on the, I mean, there's a chance Saturday could end up being the most watched regular season college football game of all time. I think it, it will be close to it. And if he, if he shows out there and has some kind of Desmond Howard-like performance, um, I could see him jump in there too. Yeah, um, but, wide I, open. But, but I do think Jalen Milrow 
you know, and, and, and if you believe that now would be the time to buy him because, you know, the, the odds and everything go, if he goes out and plays great against Georgia, then his odds go way down. So I did. So uh, I bought him at 40 to one about two weeks ago for the Heisman. I don't think it's crazy yeah. at all. Bye. Next, we go to Bulldog Six. The 2024 Republican primary is a Star Wars movie, and it's one of these. A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, Return of the Jedi, or Rogue One, where everybody dies. Buy, sell, or hold. The GOP primary is one of those movies. And if so, uh, would you tell us which one? Wow. I, I don't know. I think I... I, I I need put put the list back up there, and so I can. I mean, Trump would not represent a new hope. He's not new. Biden is not new. So that would be a Newsom, a DeSantis, a Bobby Kennedy figure would be new. The Empire Strikes Back, depending on which side you think is the Empire and which side is not, you know. Um, and you could also kind of just look at that symbolically. You could see Trump and his kingdom returning to power as kind of the empire striking back, even if that doesn't follow necessarily, you know, the lines of good and bad from the Star Wars films. Um, the empire strikes back could even be like a Michelle Obama, the return of the Obamas. Um, Attack of the Clones, you're looking at what... Um, would appeared at the end to be a big win, but actually set the stage later for a big loss. If you believe the, if you, if, 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 if I had to guess right now, I would predict Trump will be the nominee, but I don't think the odds are every anywhere close to the 90% that are currently in the betting markets. But that would be a scenario where, hey, you know, Trump won the nomination and then you go out there and lose the general and you just set the stage for, you know, um, that's how Attack of the Clones ends, right? Uh, they win, but but in the process, the clone army that will be used against, that will be given the Order 66 in the next movie is forged out of this, right? Okay. So it's a Pyrrhic victory. I could see that scenario. Um, re, the return of the Jedi, I mean, would, would seem to be symbolic of the return, uh, like a religious revival almost, uh, the, the return of a, of a lost way of life I just don't think Trump represents that. I don't think Biden represents that. Um, I'm not sure DeSantis represents that. I don't know that. I don't know who would represent that in this race. You know, maybe some people think maybe Bobby Kennedy Jr. would. And then Rogue One heroic mission that sets the stage for a big win later and everybody dies. Um, I, I kind of feel like this election is win or go home. So I don't, as much as I love that film, that's actually the one I think has the least um, plot carryover to the various potential outcomes of this race, you know? And I guess I invoked the Michelle Obama thing when he just asked about Republican primary stuff. So my bad. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd throw Rogue One out now that I've reasoned through this in real time. I'd throw, throw out Rogue One and. I think it could be any of the other four, but it really, actually I'd throw out Return of the Jedi too. I'm going to, th I'd throw out Return of the Jedi and Rogue One. And, um, and I think depending on the outcome, it's one of the first three. I think it's Attack of the Clones. Explain. I think you're going to get a, you know, the end, I think the last line of that movie is Yoda 
or one of the, like begun the Clone Wars have like a very and he's you know he's sighing about like a very messy very messy kind of clarity is going to uh, be there. But throughout, we see the rise of a character who's growing, maturing a light, who will be a light in the darkness throughout uh, in this, in Obi-Wan-ish. You know, we're putting, we are putting our faith in Ron DeSantis to be able to cut through as great a mess as any mess we've expected a Republican candidate to cut through. So I think it's Attack of the Clones. All right, moving on. Hamilton says Trump runs as an independent if he's not nominated, permanently fracturing the Republican Party. So um, I would have feared this about a year ago. The legalities are mounting, piling up. The The expense it will take to get on the ballot and everything else, he doesn't, uh, it would, it, the, there's way too much of an investment of his own fortune. I don't believe that now. I don't. Those are all sane reasons. I'll go with the insane and just say bye. Aaron Reale says, God created the world way more mythological than modern Christians want to admit or believe. Bye. I don't know what he means by this, so I'm going to say. What do you think he means by I, this, Todd? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, we see through a glass darkly that we, we, we just, we're way too proud of ourselves as Christians about uh, the the true greatest story ever told in our understanding of it. It, 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 it should, bl it's so mind blowing that it, it should, if we really embraced it the way we should, we'd be far more humble creatures than we are. But, uh, are you saying that you think there's more mystery or oh, yeah. mysticism? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's what you think he means. I, I don't know what he means. So I, I will sell. I don't, I mean, I, I just, I'm not comfortable associating the term mythology a word that whose derivative is myth with anything associated with the one true God. I'm just not comfortable with that on any well, level. Well, I think it's, you know, ma the magic of myth, uh, which is what, speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars got a lot of it from Joseph Campbell, the connect, the, 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 the stories littered throughout time and space that just kind of speak to the eternal truths in ways that are just yeah but god is the author of those eternal truths yes, that are yes. spawning myth yes. he is put the thing back up there again i want to make sure i have the right i've already uh, advanced okay. to the next slide but his did he not specifically say much more mythological that he the god is installing the, the myth yeah i don't agree with that at all I, I'd, I'd want to know what that means i'm not god is truth incarnate do i think that there's more mystery and mysticism or things beyond our understanding that we don't need to know sure i could but but so I'm if not you substituted the word mysterious or i'd be okay with that yeah. but when we are going to attach the term think, myth to the name well, to the to the, the to god i'm really uncomfortable with that i think that's fair I, aaron realities are a regular and I'm, I'm kind of reading and if i i'd have more questions myself if it wasn't him asking it Next, we go to Steve Exotic. Voters are morally obligated to write another check after taxes to cover their share of the debt added by any politician they voted for. Sure. I, I'm going to... Morally obligated. Um, sell. I'm going to sell because they've already, they've already paid taxes to that end. And then, and then they pay for it on the other end with inflation and everything else that gets passed on for all the debasement schemes that we're talking about. So um, I'm sympathetic to the 
<laughs> to the sentiment, okay, that the people are the problem. I agree with that. Um, but um, they're already paying for it. So I'll sell. Yeah. Sell. Next, we go to Dacey and memes for unvaccinated fiends who says the RNC can't come out to play because it has the Rona. Come out to play what? It can't come out to play. It can't perform because it has the Rona. Romney McDaniel. Ha 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 ha. What 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 do we want the RNC to do that it's not doing? I mean, I, I could give you something. Uh, hold a debate where people who will question the candidates from the right are the moderators. I think Vivek actually suggested well, this in man, Miami, right? If, and I agree only there was, if the only there was, I don't know, some sort of example that happened this summer. Correct. A case study, yeah. maybe. I mean, Vivek mentioned Tucker a and a couple of other outlet, names. Right? Alternative media. Yeah televising at like a forum or something if only there was an example of that half alas there's not uh, here's what i would like it to do and or be uh, like to actually be a party that can't be controlled and or manipulated by the likes of rona she's not exactly lbj controlling the democrats back in the day how is she running point on anything how do people of good conscience let that happen that's what she, I would like. She, she's there because Trump wanted her there. Here's the thing. This is the way this, this apparatus has operated like this my entire career. This is, not a, this is no different. This is, this is no difference. Well, than, it's, than, not, it's Reince. It's, 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 it's Reince. Yes. It's Reince. Who is but the Michael Steele? We're going to go find Cambodian midgets. Remember him? This is, this, is, this is the way this apparatus has always run. My whole career, this is no different. It's... it's, it's they. It, they they've never wanted their candidates questioned from the right, and and you know let me say this too since I invoke Tucker's name, I I don't you know I I still I think Tucker Carlson's the most important voice our movement has produced in the last five to ten years minimum. Now, I'm not a fan of BS. I just don't like it. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. All right. Like if Tucker just came out and endorsed Trump tomorrow, I'd have, I don't care. I have no issue with it. You're welcome to do that. I'm sure he'd make a probably he'd probably make the best case for it of anybody I've heard yet. What I don't like, though, is I'm an impartial observer searching the truth and I'm very concerned about the jab. And, and it's one of the issues of our time. But I'm going to sit right across the table from the guy who, who proudly authored the damn thing and not ask him about it one time in 30 minutes. OK, that's what I don't like. All right? I don't like B.S., don't. Not a fan of it on any level. I don't care who it's from. Goes back to what I said last hour. Don't gaslight me with my own jersey on. Don't do that. Don't pee on me. It's my all-time favorite country song. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. Don't. Don't do that. Okay? I mean, if Tucker just says, hey, I'm in business with Don Jr. I'm all in. I think MAGA's the brand, you know, and I'm going to be a smarter, better Steve Bannon. We're going to agree probably a lot over the course of time, right? So, cool. More power to you. I don't like the gaslighting. I don't. That, that's why I could have said here, I didn't have to endorse DeSantis. I didn't. I didn't have to say a word. I could have just done my show, done what a lot of other people in this business do, pretended to not have a vested interest and just kind of let things go here and there and, and insult your intelligence. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. It would be gaslighting you. And I don't, you know, I'm, I, I'm commanded to love my neighbors. I love myself. I don't like to be gaslighted. So I'm not going to gaslight you. 
That all being said, I thought the Vake's idea of having Tucker moderate a GOP debate that he mentioned in Miami a couple weeks ago was spot on brilliant, and I love the idea. But that they'll never, the party will never allow that. And it wouldn't have allowed that under Michael Steele. It wouldn't have allowed that under Rince Priebus. It, it, it just, it will never permit its candidates to be questioned from the right. Because we saw when Tucker was permitted to do it in Iowa back in July, we saw people just completely collapse to that form of scrutiny. We saw that happen and the party doesn't want that. Nothing's changed. This is why I've been saying for the last few years. The cake is still baked the same. Nothing has fundamentally changed in terms of domestic politics in the Trump era. He's changed nothing. Everything's pretty much the same. The cake is the same. The frosting is just zanier. Todd? Yeah, what he said. Uncontexted to Electric Boogaloo. It's the 12 days of Griftmas. Is he missing something or are they missing something on this list? The 12 days of Griftmas. Oh, my. 12 trillion to Ukraine, 11 <laughs> anti-Semites, 10 polars pulling, oh nine loomers looming, eight Nikki's nuking, seven speaker sellouts, <laughs> January 6 committees uh, lying, five bottoms Lindsey Graham has gotten to, four glitching Mitches, three French's drag queen story hours, two MAGA bots, one, a Trump live on court TV. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure if that is parody, if I should be saddened, insulted, if that is a sonnet, if it's a friggin' homily. I'm not sure what that is. It might be all of them. It's the necessary sequel to the uh, Christmas album that you cut, Steve, I think. Oh, there's going to be a pericarditis reference here in the next few minutes. I, dude, that's, that if is... overtime. That's a that's masterpiece theater. I mean, that is phenomenal. I have to buy that. That's excellently done. Wow. Next, third or twenty years gone. Chip Roy should follow DeSantis's example. Get out of the cesspool that is Congress and run for governor of Texas, where he can make real change and actually help make Texas the deep red state as it's pretended to be for years. Total buy, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I would like to think so. I just I. I shudder to think that Texas, what, with what they've accepted in the past, I mean, there's been alternatives that, of course, they haven't been nearly as good as as Chip, but like it, Greg Abbott doesn't seem like he really even needs to try to win in no, that state, and because he doesn't, that's that's a yell, man. So, by the I, way, I, I would say this about anybody we've liked. Should t- Ted Cruz should is Mike Lee better off being governor of Utah or in the Senate? I, Rand Paul better yeah, off yeah. being oh, a yeah. senator or governor. Well, that's As it, yeah. There's a reason it. why I have said the only office I am tempted to run for is governor. I'm just saying head to head, Chip versus Abbott. Who do you think the state picks? I I don't know in Texas. Let's find out. Oh sure, let's sure. find out. But yeah. at the cost of Chip, who's you know some point you know somebody else has got to carry some water i will tell you he's lasted first of all i told him not to yeah, run secondly yeah. he's lasted longer than i thought yeah i mean i i, I might have figured he might have gone michael douglas falling down by now man the dude the dude just has more stamina yeah. than i do i mean i i would have lost my poop by now and just shut it down said i don't need i'm, I'm out <laughs> i can't handle it <laughs> Next, Auburn Tiger 89 says, the kick six was the greatest play in college football history. Can you believe 
10 years ago. That's crazy. It's one of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, this Friday will be, well, the 39th anniversary of, of Flutie to Phelan. That is certainly up there among the greatest plays in college football history. Um, what was it called? Rocket Six or something, which I hate to relive. That's, you know, um, Cordell Stewart to Michael Westbrook, the mm-hmm. Hail Mary. In, yeah. in, in Colorado, Michigan is, in the, is on that list. Um, and, and we could come up with some others as well with more time to think about it. Off the top of my head, the only thing that I would immediately say um, – it, 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 you know, I, I'll fight you over it is Flutie to Phelan. Okay. Uh, but uh, if that's your take, I don't think you have to be an Auburn fan to have that take. It is, it, it's certainly in the conversation for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, going back to Aaron Reale's uh, thing about mythology, uh, mythological and creation, he added some more uh, context. He said, I put mythological in quotes to mean. Uh, what we talk about or associate as mythology, mythological, 25-foot giants, Nephilim being spirit-human hybrids, or even something similar to Narnia's, the trees are on her side, etc., are actually more real than myths. So we mythologize creation. Oh, the big, we're the ones doing yeah. the mythologizing then. In that case, then I will 100% buy. You bet. Yes. Next, we go to drum uh, can I Can I add to that really quick? Yeah. Um, you know, the heavens declare... Uh, the glory of God, okay? And so if you look at the majesty of the heavens, to come away from that with the, with the, with the belief that God is some kind of technocrat, just as contrary to mm-hmm. the, 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 the character you see in, you know, emulated by his own or, some, or symbolized by his own handiwork. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, there were, there's a lot of ways that God could have chosen uh, to come to us, to save us. Okay, but uh, but to do it uh, in the form of a being that is both fully God and fully man, Um, to do it in the form of someone who has given up his divinity for a time, but is still performing these great supernatural miracles as he is as if he is still fully God at the same time, all lends itself to the fact that God is not just a a, a technocrat who puts some uh, formulas and mathematical equations together as the foundation uh, alone is the foundations of the universe. To that, I agree. All right. Next up, we go to Drum Foo Smoked Pumpkin Spice Vinegar. I'll try it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of like balsamic vinegars for like salad dressings and stuff. You know, so I like the taste of it. And now you're going to add some pumpkin to it. I'm in. As an amalgamation of the three of us, you could do worse. So I'll take it. We finally got it by on a pumpkin spice from Todd. Is that the first time ever? It had smoked and vinegar. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> All right, we'll come back and we have a treat for you when we do. So if you're looking for maybe a movie night with all the family together this weekend, we've got the movie for you. It's The Blind. It is the powerful true life story of the transformation and conversion of uh, our very own Phil Robertson into uh, the man of God that uh, you have seen before you here uh, over the last few decades. The story, though, didn't start out that way. And uh, this movie does an excellent job of being honest without profane uh, about telling that story so that when you see his conversion later, 
it's more impactful. It's more powerful because now it's more real to you. It's very well told, very well acted. Movie is very well done. I'd highly recommend it. And now, for the first time ever, we're offering a theatrical grade movie to you here on uh, on Blaze TV. You don't have to pay Amazon or Apple anymore if you don't want to. Get it from us instead. Go to blazetv.com slash the blind. That's blazetv.com slash the blind. Again, blazetv.com slash the blind. Well, no weekly profit of woe and lamentation this go around. Uh, Daniel's on his way uh, to travel to see family over Thanksgiving. But, but we thought it would be best anyway to kind of end our final segment before the holiday with a little less woe and a little less lamentation and maybe a little bit more inspiration, which is why we now present to you Why Thanksgiving. America is a special place to live. We are lucky to live in a free country where many people around the world wish they could live. But why is America so special? America is special because it was the first country to be built based on what its settlers believed was right. The first settlers were called pilgrims. The pilgrims traveled to the new world to escape from people who wanted to cause them trouble just because they wanted to live for God and love him the way he alone deserves. The pilgrims were the ones who thought of the first Thanksgiving because they had so much to be thankful for in their new home. The pilgrims came to America to escape from the king of England. In their old country, they were ruled by a church and a king who had lost his way. He had forgotten about the Bible and what it teaches, that God loves us no matter who we are or how we look, and he only wants what is best for us. Just like your parents, grandparents, teachers, and others help to show you the difference between right and wrong, the Bible is God's way of doing this for us. Christians believe the Bible tells us that God loves everyone, rich or poor, boy or girl, king or regular person. He cares for everyone the same. He even sent Jesus, who was God himself, to help people and teach them to put others before themselves. Even though he was king of kings, he was not born in a fancy place. His parents, Joseph and Mary, were poor. He came to earth to save everyone, not just the rich and powerful. Because the king had so much power, he forgot about this good message of the Bible. He started acting like he was God instead. He wanted the people in England to worship him instead of God. He forgot that God didn't care about power and loved everyone the same, no matter if they were rich or poor. The pilgrims were upset that the king wanted them to worship him instead of God. They tried to tell the king the truth, that he was not a god. But instead of changing how he acted, he just got meaner and meaner. He started to punish the pilgrims for standing up for their beliefs. He even put some of them in prison. So the pilgrims had to make a difficult choice. If they stayed in England, they would be in danger. But where would they go? England had an ocean around it, so they would need a boat to escape the king. And that wasn't easy to find. The boat had to be big enough to hold over a hundred people. It had to be strong because sailing to faraway places was difficult back then. They knew they would face danger on the sea. They might run into storms or even pirates, but they knew that they had to leave England because staying there would be even more dangerous. It wouldn't be an easy journey. Back then, boats didn't have bathrooms or showers to keep people clean and healthy. They didn't have refrigerators to keep the food fresh and safe to eat. The pilgrims had to be smart about what they took on their journey so that everyone, even the children, would get to land safely. 
The trip across the sea would take 66 days. There was nowhere to stop along the way either, just water as far as the pilgrims could see. So many days without fresh food or baths, so many days to worry about storms and shipwrecks. But the pilgrims had a strong faith in God. They knew God would protect them and guide them to the new world. On September 6, 1620, over 100 pilgrims boarded the Mayflower, the boat that would be their home for the next two months. The Mayflower would take them all the way across the ocean to their new home in America. On the journey, the pilgrims were very hungry and many of them seasick. They didn't see any pirates on the trip, but they did hit a big storm that almost sank their ship. Luckily, one person had a big iron screw to save the day and keep the boat from sinking. God had protected them on their long trip and kept them safe. Two babies were even born on the way over. Finally, on November 11th, 1620, the pilgrims reached land. First, they landed in Cape Cod, but it was not the best place to settle. After a few weeks of rest, they got back on the boat and traveled to Plymouth, where they built their first settlement. But it was a lot of work. The pilgrims still had to live on the boat while they worked on building their new homes. Because it was winter, it was very cold and many people got sick. There was no medicine back then to help them get better. It took them three months until spring to build enough houses for families to finally leave the ship. Now that they had warm shelter, the pilgrims could be safer and healthier. They did it. They had made their home in the new world all on their own. But the pilgrims knew they had to write some rules for their new home so that everyone could live together in peace. They had traveled across the ocean to protect their faith, so they knew the agreement had to be made for the glory of God. They decided to call it the Mayflower Compact. They signed it so that everyone would know why they had made their dangerous journey. This agreement was the beginning of our country. The Mayflower Compact showed that people could live together in peace without a king. They could be free if they realized that God was in charge and they lived for him. These ideas inspired the colonists to write the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence later on in America's history. Without the pilgrims and what they believed in, America would never have happened. The pilgrims spent the next several months building their settlements at Plymouth. Thankfully, they made friends with the local Native American tribe that also lived in the area. Because Native Americans had lived there for a while, they knew all of the secrets and tips for growing crops and catching fish. They helped to teach the pilgrims about their new world. One of the Native Americans, Squanto, knew about Christians because they had helped to free him from slavery in the past. He also knew, therefore, how to speak the pilgrims' language, which was important for the help that they needed. The pilgrims knew that it must be a blessing from God to travel across the world and meet someone who knew about their religion and their language. In the fall, after months of building, planting, and waiting, the pilgrims finally had their first harvest. Thanks to the help of their new friends, it was a very large harvest with food for everyone and even more. They decided to invite Squanto and his Native American friends to this first Thanksgiving to give thanks for the blessing that God had given them. According to one of the pilgrims, William Bradford, they even had turkey. But before everyone ate, they prayed to God, thanking him for his protection and for Squanto, who had saved them from starving when they first arrived. The pilgrims continued to do well and built up their settlement, always thankful for the blessing from God they had been given. 
Squanto was friends with the pilgrims until the day he died, when he asked his friends to pray for him to be sent to the true God in heaven. The pilgrims learned a lot on their journey, and they can teach us a lot too. Their trip on the Mayflower taught us that God is faithful if we have the courage to do what he asks us to do. Because they trusted in him, God provided the pilgrims with safe passage and friends to help them when they were in need. And that helps us to remember that we can trust God to provide all we need when we live for him. The pilgrims also taught us to remember to celebrate God's faithfulness and kindness, to celebrate all the good things God blesses us with, because all good things come from God. These important lessons that we learn from the pilgrims are what makes America special. We can live in freedom if we live for God and remember his teachings. God loves to show us his love, and he also loves it when we show God's love to others, as the pilgrims did at the first Thanksgiving. So that is our first attempt to reclaim America's Christian heritage, to put back in to the uh, into the culture, the history that has largely been removed from it. Next spring will be book two of the trilogy, Why Easter? We just finished final edits on that book yesterday, which you had a chance to uh, read over and, mm-hmm. uh, and give, a, yep. give your thoughts on, Todd. And uh, the audi- audience will be hearing more about that uh, in early 2024 when we get a release date on that. We don't have it yet, but... Um, I wanted to take the, this last segment to both uh, go through that story one more time, but then also for us to, to recollect on what that means moving forward. You know, I find it, you know, fascinating just for me on a personal level. You know, I, I, I saw yesterday that uh, New York's Supreme Court basically said Kathy Hochul can open up uh, prison camps if she wants. Right. Yeah. Uh, I saw this morning that uh, the California legislature has passed a law demanding that schools teach kids uh, media indoctrination or uh, how to recognize misinformation, just flat out indoctrination. And and I responded to both of those news items this morning on social media with a gif from uh, Get Out to say get out of these places. Now, we can all agree or disagree whether that's the right strategy, whether that is the right tactic to take, and I'm happy to have these conversations. But what I love hearing from people is like there's no principle in doing that. Like there's never a case to do that when we live in a country founded by people who did, as you just heard, they did exactly that. They got out. They, they recognized the system was too far gone, would not listen to them. And keep in mind, this was against the Christian, well, the Christian Church of England, a church that was essentially founded um, because of one king could not get the church to give him what he wanted, which was permission to keep acting out immorally. So he just started his own church. Probably not the greatest basis for a church plant in human history. Fair? Fair. Fair. Okay. I think Catholics and Protestants can both agree on that. And if you know the history of King of Henry VIII, he was on both of our sides and against each of us uh, throughout the course of his time as king because he had no convictions, um, just uh, his own um, autocratic and selfish uh, craven desires. And whichever side provided them, uh, he was happy to oblige. Okay. So... That church that he founded went on to become a tyrannical monstrosity, put John Bunyan in prison. That's where he wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress, and it took the pilgrims and prompted them to get on this boat and risk their lives to come here. So there, there clearly is a time for strategic retreat. 
there clearly is a time where the abomination of desolation is so is so rampant. There's just no abandoned hope. All ye who enter. Jesus looked at his his own disciples and said, "When you see the abomination of desolation, flee, leave." And so, when the first century Christians, when they saw the Romans come and sack Jerusalem and and desecrate the temple, they viewed that as the the fulfillment of Christ's warning. This is the abomination of desolation. So they did. They fled. They went to Petra. They left. There is clearly a time and a place when things are so far gone, it's just time to go hit the control, delete button, or the, the, the human cultural equivalent of plug something, unplug it and plug it back in, and that's just to go someplace new. We can agree or disagree on whether there are blue states in our union that have reached that point or communities that have reached that point, but the idea that there's never a point to that. Well, our own country was founded, as you just saw, by people who thought otherwise. And God so blessed their efforts that they became the first Americans and started us on the path of exceptionalism, which we are doing our best to depart from as we speak. What about the two of you? Well, I think the context to glean as much as you can as an adult from this timeless story, you know, you remember not... There's the uh, there's the Jamestown settlement that happened uh, th- thirteen years earlier, uh, with not the explicit uh, Christian foundations. There's the Roanoke settlement that was there and gone. Now lost it to history. Dis- yep. Lost to history, but believed to be slaughtered yep. uh, by uh, Native uh, Americans. Put it so. It was there were the the rough 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 nature of what they the life that they chose and the roughness of the people themselves listen they 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 were christians but if you if you read the adult version of who uh, including who squanto was not a perfect indian you know all right but the point steve makes over and over in that book despite all that for god for god for god that over and over and over again saved them from themselves the fact that squanto despite his imperfect nature was an aid to them instead of slaughter slaughtering them Mm -hmm. i i just think that that's the part about all all of this the these these people were uh difficult people broken people in their own right but they lived for god that is game-changing in a way that simply is indescribable and is the most hum- one of the most humbling things uh about our faith things that we can't possibly imagine happen happened simply because in all of our brokenness we will not stop saying yes to god amen amen and Indeed. thanksgiving fundamentally is a day of humility yes it is a day of humility recognizing that what we have we did not earn even for the unrighteous, which we all are, even for the unbelieving. God's favor is even, uh, God's blessings are even upon them as well. He allows them to experience things in life that are nothing short of, of good. What are the, my favorite part of that story is the story of Squanto. What are the chances that these individuals could come across that journey 66 days to a new world, a vast wilderness, untamed. They found somebody who not only knew their language, but knew their faith. They don't deserve that. They didn't earn that. That was all because of God. 
when we recognize what God has given to us, we re- also recognize that we don't deserve an ounce of it. We Amen. really don't. Amen. So Thanksgiving is not just about giving thanks for what we have. It's about recognizing that God has given it to us. Who are we saying thanks to? And if God give it, gave it to us, we didn't earn it. Didn't earn it. That's fundamentally what this day is about. It's about humility and recognizing that everything that we enjoy in this great country's history, even into present day, we did not earn it. Amen again. But God is a gracious father. So just as I enjoy the amount of hours I put in to do this job and the other things I'm involved in and the and how I'm compensated, I enjoy seeing my family benefit from my work and that I did and them being able to benefit from that. That yes, it's a humbling experience, but God absolutely wants you to enjoy that in humility. So, by all means, yes, practice the humility that Aaron admonished, but do so joyfully. Have a great holiday. We'll see you Monday, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.